Fit Nation. It's Fit Nation. Awesome. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. Awesome. If you're a veteran and you are struggling or feel like you're leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'll be a burden to someone or feel embarrassed to tell your inner circle or your friends and family, call the hotline at 988 and press option one. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. It's the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, the stories of our guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is a certified Pilates teacher, breathwork habits and mindset coach, is the founder of OnlinePilatesClasses.com, the first free online catalog of Pilates exercise tutorials where you can also find weekly Pilates classes and workshops. Teaching Pilates since 2008, she has run multiple studios, has trained hundreds of people to become teachers themselves, and has taught thousands of students. She is also the host of Be It Till You See It podcast. So without further ado, let's welcome Leslie Logan to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you for having me. Wow. What an honor. And um, thank you for all the work that you're doing. Uh, no problem. Uh, thanks again for agreeing to come on and share your story with the Misfit Nation. I'm sure they will enjoy everything you have to say. I mean, I enjoyed our pre-show. That was that was pretty funny. I had a good time there. And uh, I don't usually laugh that much during the pre-show, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I try. Uh, you know what? Um, I try to laugh often. I grew up, my parents told me laughter is one of the best medicines. So um, there's something about like laughing, even if you feel like it's you know, if you're having a bad day and you just start like kind of laughing, A, for those of you who ever doing a photo, it looks better. And B, um, it kind of helps brighten your mood a little bit. And it's maybe why I talk about being it until you see it. Because <laughs> it's like, sometimes you just have to be the happy person so you can be the happy person. Fake it till you make it. That's what mm-hmm. they say in the army all the time. Just fake it till you make it for motivation. And someday it'll, it'll actually work out for you. Yeah. So- yeah. If you don't mind, Leslie, tell the Misfit Nation a little bit about your backstory beyond what I just uh, babbled on about there and it's up to where we are now. Yeah. Hi, everyone. So I um born and raised California um, and went to college because I needed to get out of a small town. I just didn't feel like I belonged. And no offense to small towns everywhere. You all amazing people. But I just didn't feel like I belonged to mine. And I went to college and then didn't really feel like I belonged there too much. Um, And so I got a job. While I was in college, trying to pay off my student debt <laughs> and get myself ready for those loans. And um, a girl invited me to a Pilates class. And I said, no way, no way that can do anything for you. That's an infomercial workout. I don't believe it. But I really wanted a friend. And I just think that like, I can't, like, you can't just wait for things to happen to you. You have to go out and kind of get them. So I decided to go to this class and I was like, well, let's go to the class. And then I can go hang out with her and I'll have a friend. I'll never have to go to the class. And the thing is, I actually fell in love with the workout, fell in love with it. I felt parts of my body. I never felt before I was an athlete and I was a trainer and it's like, 
just kind of surprised that I could be feeling muscles I never felt before. And I changed my entire work schedule so I can go every single day, did not become friends with that person. Instead, like made a friend with myself and this Pilates and someone suggested I become a teacher. And that was kind of, was kind of like how it goes. Right. And so I became this teacher and just, it's so interesting how you may not understand the steps that get you to where you are until you look back. But if I had had like an amazing childhood where I had all the best friends in the world and in college was like, I probably wouldn't have gone to this class. I probably wouldn't have needed to make that friend. And instead I changed my life. And now what I realized traveling the world, teaching people, this method is that like, when you get to know yourself and you really get to know yourself and applies practice, when you get to know yourself, you do life better. You are able to connect with more people. You're able to connect with yourself more. You really understand your good days and your bad days. And I know it sounds super woo woo, but it is kind of crazy. And, and on top of that, it makes your body feel good. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a one woo girl, but you know, I understand if you, (laughs) what I just said could seem a little woo woo, but it's, (laughs) it's, um. It's not. So yeah, I quit. I quit my jobs. I teach, been teaching Pilates for we're at 14 years, um, traveled eight countries this year to teach people Pilates. So kind of a, a weird job, but I love it. And you get to see a lot of different people. So that's awesome. You do. Exactly. What is Pilates for the audience? That's a great question. Um, so Pilates was actually designed and created by a man um, for men, <laughs> which people don't often realize he brought it to the U S in the twenties. And, um, but a lot of dancers took it up. So what it is, is it is a strength-based workout that is designed to balance your imbalances. Um, it is done on a mat with your own body weight, which is really great. Cause you can do it wherever you have room to lay on the ground, but there's also equipment and the equipment is probably what Pilates is most famous for. But, um, I fell in love with the mat work and then I, found out that there was equipment. So that's, so it basically is going to help you do everything you already love better. So I don't think it's Pilates versus like people, it's like, should we do Pilates or should I do strength training? You should do both. So it is something you can incorporate with every other workout modality or movement modality that you already have. But what is cool about Pilates is that it does meet you where you are. And if you don't have access to a gym or to fancy equipment, you can do all the movements at home on the floor. So I know I I had a squad leader. She came to us a we met in uh, Afghanistan in 2010, and she was a big Pilates uh, freak, I'd like to call it. But <laughs> I love that. And she would always want to do Pilates, and we'd always found reasons not to do it. Every time, no, we're good. We're going to go run eight miles around this fob 73 times to make that eight miles instead of doing Pilates. So <laughs> when we got back in 2011 to that. We actually let her do Pilates with the with the platoon, but I wasn't actually there that day, and they, they said it was good, so. I actually opened up and let them do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, um, you know, what's interesting. When I first thing I'm a teacher, I remember in this, though, there was no, there, there isn't anymore, but there was a Pilates magazine at the time. And there was a picture of a bunch of men in Afghanistan doing Pilates in their fatigues. And I was like, that is the coolest thing. Absolutely. They need to be doing this because y'all are, your bodies have to get up and go without like a moment's notice. And you have to trust your intuition. And so really like, I, I love running, trust me, I do, but we really do have to work all the other muscles in your body and make sure you're flexible so you can move quickly. So don't injure yourself. Right. And uh, we, we weren't open to that at that time. <laughs> it's okay. Everyone becomes open at some point, either willingly or unwillingly. <laughs> we looked at it as that weird thing in the corner. We don't want to, we don't want to do that Pilates. It's like, yeah, 
We don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. And you know what? It's really cool. What I've been so grateful for is it used to be this hidden secret that athletes were doing, and now they're open about it. And I think the more people see like football players and basketball players, like doing Pilates, the more people are, especially men are open to this modality. And, um, and I think if they also knew that like Joseph Pilates was a professional boxer and like, he really did design it for, for men, um, you know, that maybe they'd be more inclined to do it. <laughs> that might help a little more. I don't think I've ever heard that until you said that. So, there's no way I would have thought that. <laughs> well, you know, back then they didn't let women work out. They thought they'd grow hair on their chest. They'd be infertile. So like even up into the eighties, they weren't even letting women do the Boston marathon. So it was, it, every, any workout was for, for men, but, um, but you know, the dancers kind of came through and, and really mixed it up and, and brought it, brought it to light. But I, I'm, which I'm grateful for. Cause I wouldn't be here if we weren't, but I also go, there's so many people that are missing out on it just because of like kind of the rebrand it had. <laughs> Yes, definitely. And then as a, especially with the technology advances, more people were able to actually look up what it might be and say, oh, that's what Pilates is. It's not a disease. It's something we can actually do. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not something you can catch. <laughs> so you, you referenced earlier about uh, your trips around the world to train people, uh, 14 uh, trips that you take a year, right? Different countries. Mm -hmm. So do you build like a big community around Pilates or is it? community important with Pilates? Community is really important. Um, what happened for me is, um, and this is like, I hope this is helpful for people. I used to think that like, you had to like, like I had to like be perfect at it. I had to be like, like a certain way and then people would like it and post a certain way. And really, I just actually wasn't good at being perfect at all. And I was like, I'm just going to make mistakes and be embracing and, and laugh more. And because of my outlook and my humanness, people actually wanted to take workshops with me because a lot of people were like really strict about things. and like, it had to be this way. And that's not really attractive. So I, I was actually paid to travel to teach other teachers and, um, which I never knew was a thing. I didn't even know that. Like, I thought I had to teach like 30 years before somebody would pay me to teach other teachers. Not true, actually not true. And so, um, so that was how I traveled that way. And then the other way is I really, I believe that community is so important. And I know that it is, it can be so hard if you feel like there isn't community where you are. And again, my story, like I just didn't feel like I had community. And so I kind of created my own um, with my classes and with inviting people in. And so then I wanted to take people on retreats because when you have shared experiences, those are, those are things you can't, you can't let, you can't take those memories away. And, and you can always like think back to somebody you went on a trip with. And so we started taking people on retreats around the world and really getting to show them different parts of the world. They might not go, especially women who don't always travel on their own. We took them to different places. And so I, I've, I've been able to build two communities, one for the practitioners and one for the teachers and, you know, um, community changes people's lives. And I don't do anything now that doesn't involve some sort of communal aspect, because I really believe that people need to be brought into the fold with other people so that they can make friends, lasting relationships, people they can call on. It's always good to, we call it tribes, have your tribes. Mm -hmm. I've been and within your tribe. You can have different tribes that you actually radiate to and, you know, are able to have, feel that passion towards that side. And the same thing, same word, basically community tribe, you can throw it back and forth on each other. So yeah. I Great thing. In the pre-show, you said something about the retreat home in Cambodia. 
Mm-hmm. You've taken some of your practitioners there as well. Yeah, we we do. Um, we before the pandemic, we were doing two or three retreats to Siem Reap Cambodia a year. Um, I fell in love with it. My but my husband was like, I asked him where do you want to go on the honeymoon. He's like Cambodia, and I was like, oh, I was thinking something a little bit more um, romantic than that. Um, <laughs> uh, can we get, like do Thailand, like an island in Thailand, like something like just I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I just didn't. I don't know what my block, it's so funny what we resist is there to assist. Like I was like a little bit resistant to it, but he wanted to go because his first National Geographic had the temples of Angkor Wat on the cover and he always wanted to go. So we decided to go to Thailand, Cambodia, and Japan. And my husband used to be a musician. So he treated our honeymoon like a tour. And so we were on like nine flights in like 14 days, three countries, like the whole thing. And, um, but so we did Thailand for several days, loved it. And I was like, I don't think I want to live here. The time we're kind of like, where would we want to live if we didn't live in the States? Like where we go? And I'm like, islands of Thailand. Yes. Like sign me up. Right. But it didn't, it didn't fit. So we landed in Cambodia and we were in this tuk-tuk it's 10 PM at night. And I'm like, my soul is home. I'm supposed to be here. And so I spent the whole next day that we were touring temples, like asking our tour guide every question under the sun. Like, do people do retreats here? How do people come here? How hard is it? Do I have to have a, a visa? Like, what do I need to do to like have a business here? And at the time, like not a lot, like <laughs> not a lot. That's what happens when you go to countries where there's not a lot of infrastructure. And we brought a retreat there and then we brought another one and now we have a house there. So when people come, they come to our house or people can rent our house for their own tribe or their own community to do a retreat. And we invite people in, we do Pilates every day, and then we do goals, coaching, habits, coaching, and breath work sessions. Um, because the truth of the reason to go on a retreat, everyone, the reason to like leave your normal life and day-to-day life is to literally get a reset, see what you miss, see what you want to add in. And then between the goals, coach and the breath work and just, and the time uh, with yourself and with community allows you to get perspective and take that back with you. And then we take them all, take everyone onto the temples because it's pretty cool to see what people built a thousand, 1200 years ago, like without technology, (laughs) you know? So, and then you get so much perspective when you, you know, you've been in all different places. You get a lot of perspective on like what we can take for granted, what you really do miss in your life, what you do really want to have and um, who you want to be. Right. When uh, 2008, 2010, I lived in Korea with my wife and daughter uh, and then right from there went to Afghanistan, but we went on a trip there and we climbed a mountain that takes you into North Korea, back into South Korea, climb up the mountain. And on that mountain, there's a temple built into the side of the mountain, like a, into a cave. It was like the most amazing temple I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Oh my God. I have to check this out. I'm going to be in Korea at least, at least once, if not twice next year. Oh, That's so, so cool. It's a beautiful mountain and great, great views down the bottom of it. So. <laughs> 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 so that's amazing there. my wife and daughter didn't want did not want to come back to the states from korea and uh came back and i left them right away to go to afghanistan so that's probably a reason why they didn't want to come back but I- <laughs> they're like leave us in korea yeah i hear you know i think like i think if every person got to like have some time living in a different country you just there's just a lot you get to learn about yourself and your abilities and your stamina. And you have more confidence in what you're capable of because living in a place where they don't speak your language, where you kind of have to like, you don't know the, the social cues, you know, it really 
puts you on your toes and really helps you um, have some perspective. So um, I, I'm gonna, thank you for that, that tip. I'm going to check it out. All right. <laughs> and it gives you a little appreciation of what you do have back home when you see yeah. live around the world, especially places yeah. like or Thailand. Is, Thailand's really, uh, if you go into the outer side, the outer countryside of Thailand, it's really bad out there. You see how people are struggling out there, but that they're happy because that's the way they live. Well, that's just that. And that's the interesting thing. Like we live in a village, we are 10 minutes from pub street. So like, it's a, it's an easy walk to go to like the party side, but like we live in a village and everyone is family and they know who we are. Cause we rent from uncle John. And, um, but when you go towards the temples and the villages that are there, you know, they don't have electricity. They don't have generators. They, they have one room houses and they, on their days off, they go work at their temples and they and they, that's what you do in the community and they don't like Netflix and hang out for their whole Saturday. And so it's really interesting because we, at least I grew up like waiting for the weekend, got a, like you work for the weekend and they are, when they're not working for their job, they're taking care of the people in their village and, or they're taking care of their temples or the pagodas. And, and that is um, something that like makes me always go, what am I doing in my community at where I live? on my time off aside, like, how am I supporting my neighbors or how am I supporting the people in my community that need me? And, um, that gave us a lot of perspective. Cause when we lived in LA, if people know LA, they know there's a lot of homelessness because people, the weather is amazing there. <laughs> if I got to look at the homeless in Las Vegas, I'm like, you know, a bus ride to LA would be worth the saving because it's so hot here. I would rather be there, but we took care, like we would take care of the homeless there in our neighborhood, just like, just how we could because of seeing how people in Cambodia take care of their, their own. And it's just something I think we can all do, but you learn that when you go out to a different place. Exactly. And I have a core group of friends here. We, we work in the community almost every minute of time we have outside of our normal other things. When I can check off something I can get out of this, I go and we go do things outside. And last week we gave out 200 backpacks to kids getting ready to go to school. That's so cool. That is so cool. Their faces, knowing that we took a burden off their parents, especially in how times are right now. The parents were happy. The kids were overjoyed. Well, they were a little, the bags were heavy too, so they were a little pained, but oh my gosh but that's you know i think that is um that's really cool and that's things that those kids remember right you know if they that that's something that they'll remember like oh people took care of me and then they grow up thinking we take care of people like and i think that that's um something that you can't teach at school that has to be taught by the people that are around you you gotta absorb it from your tribe or your community like we talked about earlier well, and just also like, it gives you purpose, you know, like purpose. not ever, like, I love what I do. I really do. And some days I think I'm really freaking privileged. I'm like, but this is the job that I, you know? Um, but also like, it's, it can be really easy to feel like, like you're whatever you're doing. It doesn't really matter. You know, like it's especially like there's a, th- there's like 10,000 police instructors, like in this town, like, you know, I, like what, what, what's one more. So like having, a way that you give back in your community can just give you some other purpose and some other reason for showing up every day. Right. And it's a reason that a lot of veterans, when they get out, they lose that sense of purpose. So trying to point them in a direction to get them off the couch and out of the bottle for at least 10 minutes a day to go and say, Hey, I'm helping someone else. I have this sense of purpose. Can I have a reason to put my boots on and go outside? And that, that helps a lot of them stay off with like the beginning of our show. When we talk about 
uh, don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. That's prob most of what it is. They lose that sense of purpose and your mind starts playing the games with them. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's really sucks. It's awful. And I hate that, that, that even exists in this, in this country that we live in. Um, and I, th I think that a, that, that reminder regularly, you know, to not make that decision, but also, but also like finding different ways, um, to move and, you know, whether you do Pilates or not, like, that's fine. I hope you do it with me. I would love to, but at the same token, like any amount of movement really does increase the dopamine in your brain. And when we do that, it's a, ha it's like a nice little happy drug. That's free. You can, <laughs> you can, it's free. It's like, it's easy. You can do it for yourself, whether that's a run, whether that's walking outside in nature, whether that is doing Pilates. And then the other thing that is something really easy to create in your brain is when you celebrate what you did do. And I think a lot of us, and I, and I can't speak for veterans cause I'm not one, but I watch my dad and I watch my uncles and they're really hard on themselves and they make a mistake and they're really hard on themselves. It's like you broke a plate, like work. it's going to be, life is going to be okay. I'll just buy a new plate. But so, but we tend to be so hard on ourselves. And the reality is when you celebrate what you did do, you give your brain that little kick of dopamine. You give that your brain a little like, Ooh, that was amazing. I want more of that. And you do more of that. Like it becomes this thing. So if you are trying to create a habit for movement or a habit for getting outside for 10 minutes. Even if you only go outside for one minute, celebrate what you did do. And you are going, your brain is going to seek out that celebration again tomorrow. So you'll show up for that walk tomorrow. And if you only do two minutes, you celebrate those two minutes and it keeps increasing because your brain's like, I need more of that. I want to do more of that. And so it's just a nice little hack that's free <laughs> that you can do to like make yourself feel good and make yourself show up for what you wanted to show up for. Definitely. And I think that's part of uh, prioritizing yourself sometimes. Uh, Self-care is a lot of people think it's selfish, but I think it's very important. Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on both of those. Oh, let's talk about, first of all, I was just, I just interviewed somebody on my pod and they were talking about self being that felt like it was selfish. And I was like, selfish needs a rebrand. I think we all can agree that the word selfish, there are times are selfish and that people are selfish and they're jerks about it, but most people are not selfish enough. And it's because they think that it's wrong and self-care is not selfish care. It is essential. Like we've all been on planes and everybody ignores the security thing by now, but they say it, put your air mask on first. You are no good to anybody not here on this planet. And so we, we cannot pour from an empty cup is how I talk about it. Like if you think about the gas tank in your car, if you let it run to empty, how long does it take you to fill that tank? It takes forever. You're like sitting at the gas tank forever, just watching those dollars go up. Right. But if you fill it when it's at half or a quarter tank, it takes a couple minutes. It's so quick. It's so easy. It doesn't even take time out of your day. So when you can make yourself the priority, when you can make sure your movement is there, your meditation practice, whatever makes you feel like you is happening first in your day, not only you have more energy to show up for the things you have to do in this, in this world, you have more time. You are more generous with that, that energy and that time. You're not withholding. You're not like, you know, I, I never forget I, when I, I grew up a little, I grew up poor and I had a car and a girlfriend wanted to borrow the car. And I remember thinking, Oh my God, I'm on E. If she borrows the car, I'm not gonna have any gas tomorrow. Like I was like, no, you can't borrow it. When it's full, I'm like, oh, you borrow the car. You know, so like when you have your tank filled, you are just a lot more yourself and you're more loving and caring for the people around you. So 
personally, I think we need to rebrand selfishness. And I think everybody needs to think that prioritization of self is like the number one thing that should be on your day before you do anything else on your to-do list. Definitely. And I like to tell people, start stacking your victories when you wake up. So yeah, I love that. Waking up is, it's a victory. Just waking up in the morning and standing up is, that's a victory. Make your bed. That's a big victory. Brush your teeth and just stack them. At the end of the day, you count how many you did that day. Oh, I have 21 victories today. Let's see if I can get 22 tomorrow. Just keep doing that every day. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's exactly it. And like, um, if you pat yourself on, like if you're counting your victories as you go, that's that celebration mode. You're kicking that into gear and you're going to look your brain, your eyes and ears, see and hear what your brain is looking for. So if you start looking for all these little victories each day, like I'm going to get to 22 today, I'm going to get to 23. You're just going to see all the goodness that you're doing in the day. Wouldn't the world would be an amazing place if we all just did that. Yes. <laughs> and, and stop looking at negative stuff or mm-hmm. out news for whatever reason people do that, but <laughs> keep eyes forward. <laughs> yeah. Well also like, you know what, look, there's plenty of stuff I don't get done in a day today. I'm not going to get everything done on the list, but shaming and blaming and judgment are not going to actually like motivate me tomorrow. You know, like you can, you can do that a little bit. It might motivate you to get on, like do an extra mile run. If you don't like how you look for that moment, but I'm going to be honest with you. Like, it's not going to get you there tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that, like motivation is also super fickle. So we have to rely on our habits being there and like honoring what we did do and being our biggest cheerleader, like, which I know can be really hard. I'm sure mostly men listen to this, but like, you have to be your biggest cheerleader for yourself because there's a lot of people who are cheering you on. You might not be able to hear it, or they might just be thinking in their head, oh, that, that person's doing a really good, oh, I love how they did that. But if we can do that for ourselves, A, it's easier to do it for others. And it's easier for you to show up for all the things you did do. It's just, you know, uh, life's hard enough. We do not need to be the person who counts all the things that we didn't do in a day. Right. We don't have to give, be our own negative, Nancy. Someone else can do that. Non-earned yeah. Yeah. Let Nancy that. do that. Sorry, yeah. Nancy. <laughs> yeah i don't need them yeah you've had 14 years of doing this now since 2008 to beautiful 2022 now and uh what advice would you give to someone that wanted to a start a start into the pilates world or b start a business yeah it's a great question first of all like if if that anything i said about pilates intrigued you try it out and if you love it like Go take a certification for it, please. I have a book. Uh, if, the, if you really are wanting to be a Pilates instructor, I do have a book. So make sure you pick a good program because as we know, not every program of any kind is, is created equal. So it actually has questions on what you should ask the program that you are taking from before you give them money. So there's that. But if you are wanting to get started in your own business, here's what I'll say. Start before you're ready. Take messy action and focus on a thing, okay? So something that I didn't realize I was doing was creating three business at the same time. And now here I am 14 years later with three companies and that's a lot because <laughs> so, they all worked out. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that I would like want to choose one over the other, but I do know that if I had focused on one and then once that one was successful, that added the next product and the next product, I could have given everything a little bit more of its own attention and grown things probably a little bit faster than we did. But take one thing, if you can solve someone's problem and you're passionate about it, you can, you can make money doing that. And it feels like it feels freaking good, you know, like, cause you're like doing something you love and it solves people's problems. But I would take messy action because 
waiting for your copy and your website to be perfect or waiting for the website to be perfect or waiting for the logo to be perfect. I promise you, no one cares what your logo is. They don't care what the colors are. You can change your branding if you want to. They just care how it solves their problem. And they, and then how do they give you money for the thing? That's really all you have to figure out. The rest will come and, um, and, and, and trust yourself. Like you're going to, like, you're going to learn a lot along the way, but the people who know, like, and trust you already, they're going to be the best people to help you talk about it. And, and, and if you, if you do decide to get in the social media world with your product and your business, like just know that it, that that's not how you have to make money. You can make money in your business, just in your local community, getting people who know, like, and trust you to talk about it. Like referrals are still the number one way to make a business grow. Definitely word of mouth that really helps the small business owner, the local business owner grow. And, and of course, it'll also spread out because they have friends outside that local area too. And then yeah. it was out there and they'll do your social media for you for that at that point. 100%. Like, and also like every social media thing that we're using is going to die. Like they're already talking about the death of TikTok. So like the truth is like, it, <laughs> yeah, though, if we can, if you can um, truly get those people around you, they don't have to buy your thing. They can actually just tell, like you can just say, Hey, I created this thing. This is the problem it solves. Who do you know? This is very important wor wording. Who do you know who can use it instead of, do you know anyone? So there's a difference. Do you know anyone is a yes or no question, but who do you know requires the brain to do some thinking brains do not like open loops. They like to close the loop. That's why a yes or no question is very easy. It's like, think about it. Somebody asks you what time it is. You might just go, I don't know. Even if your phone's in your hand, why? Cause like it just, your brain's like, that's too many calories to spend. I don't know who that person is. I'm not wasting my time. But if you ask, who do you know, they will then think about it. And they might go, you know what? Actually, so-and-so at the newspaper might know someone. Okay, great. They got to close the loop and they got you a connection. So um, to this day, my businesses are all online. And my retreats that are in person, they sell out based on the people who already knew, like, and trust me telling their friends. Like, I still, like, it is very, very rare that, like, someone random signs up for something that I didn't have any inclination or, like, I can't figure out how they came to me. Like, I think one time only did someone random sign up for a, one of my retreats, and she happened to be looking up Pilates in Cambodia, and I ha I'm the only person. So, like, that's it. But, like, really, every single person I can I can say is a referral from somebody in my business that I've I've met before. That's awesome. And speaking of your business and your online presence... How do people find you online? Oh, come to onlinepliesclasses.com. That's where we do life better. Um, if you want a free class, you can go to onlinepliesclasses.com slash free. Free. Everyone loves free. Everyone loves free. <laughs> can they find your podcast there as well? Or is there, uh, it's, I'm sure. It's um, like if you actually want to. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so uh, I'm on Instagram as myself, Leslie.Logan. Um, and, uh, and my podcast is Be It Till You See It. And it's wherever you're listening to this podcast for sure. Um, and um, we have new guests every Monday. And then my husband and I talk about the guests on Thursday. So <laughs> so that's really fun. You can, uh, here's his input on um, what people are saying. And then whether you are uh, someone who likes the cliff notes version of something or someone who likes the conversation of an interview, you can pick and choose. Or you can listen to both. Nice. So you get actually, cliff notes. I like cliff notes. <laughs> yeah. It's also, you know what, here's the thing, little side note, if you're thinking of starting a podcast while you're listening to this one, we get an extra episode out every week without having to find two guests a week. Mm -hmm. And so, and then 
for me, I'm someone who kind of like needs to go back and digest something like, what do they say? Oh, I really like that. So it helps me apply what I learned from my guests to my own life. And I really like to hear what my husband has to say about some people's stuff. Like it's, it's really interesting with his take on, I'm like, oh, I didn't actually think that they said that, but they did say that I can see how you got there. So it's just a lot of fun. So if you're interested to hear how like a married couple works together and talks about people, (laughs) that's that episode. That's Thursdays. Got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's fun. Um, how long have you been doing your podcast? We're a year in, and that's uh one of the best things I ever did. Yeah, right now a year and seven months now, so 177 <gasps> episodes on Thursday. That's amazing. Okay, that's amazing. What most podcasts, y'all, this is most podcasts don't make it past episode 12. I so know. There you go. Odd <laughs> burn, I think they call it or something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where you can find me, follow me, ask me anything. Um, let me know how this episode like helped you. I'd love to hear your takeaways and I'd love to, um, you know, share what this podcast did for you. So, um, yeah, that's how you can do it. Awesome. Leslie, thank you for sharing and keep me laughing for the last uh, half hour and uh, <laughs> it was a great, ch- great chat with you. Thank you for having me. No problem. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts... Have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Fit Nation.